How many days, how many shopping days we got left? Five shopping days. You better hurry, folks. Any of you have any inkling idea that Christmas might be upon us, might be getting kind of close? You can tell when Christmas is near because you got more needle, pine needles in your rug than you do on your tree. Someone said uh, you can tell Christmas is close when the credit card is smoked along with the turkey and the ham. Is that right? I don't know about that. They say Christmas is close, and you can tell that when the wonderful life has been shown for the 13th time on television. Someone said the other day, you know it's close when the bell clingers for the Salvation Army is taking credit cards. You know Christmas is getting close when that happens. You know Christmas is getting close when you have to pull an all-nighter when you read the instructions are enclosed. I never shall forget putting all those toys together for the kids. Now the kids have to put toys together for me. Amen. Well, I like this one. You know Christmas is close when the NFL referees are not the only ones giving away games. You know Christmas is close when they when you see the fruit cake being recycled. In your Bible today, the book of Luke, chapter number two, Luke chapter number two. I I love Christmas. I I I, uh, I think it's a good time of the year. Even the atheist starts to listen about Jesus and the Christmas carols and so forth and so on. And uh, so I'd, I just thought I'd talk to you a little bit today about Christmas and. It's good to have you here today, and I trust that you're planning to have a Christ-filled Christmas. Amen. Let's keep Christ in our Christmas. Amen. Uh, we're going to have, uh, I guess, this Wednesday night, we have the Lord's Supper, right? And uh, I'm going to talk about the simplicity of the terms and how the, some folks have uh, symbolized it and uh, spiritualized it, plumb out of its out of its original purpose, and uh, talk to you why they use just common bread and juice. And I'd also like to talk to you about the simplicity of Christmas. Let me show it to you. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 11. The Bible says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What's Christmas all about? For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Don't that seem kind of simple to you? Why should we have our nervous breakdowns, our traffic jams, our frustrations, our family arguments, our discussions, all trying to get ready for what we define as Christmas? 
Matthew described it this way. The angel spoke to Gabriel, spoke unto, and said, And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. If one were to ask, what is the Bible all about? You could answer it with these two verses. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. If someone to ask you what Christmas is all about, they would have to answer with the same two verses. You would not need to be a theologian. All you'd have to do is to show them that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth and was born The Son of God became the Son of Man that men might become the sons of God. Christmas is living proof that you are no better than anyone else. That if anybody is going to get to heaven, they're going to have to go the same way. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. You say, preacher, does only Baptists go to heaven? No, I doubt that 90% of them are going. An attorney asked me one time, several years ago, when we signed a note on the first construction of the church that we now call our Spanish church. We were borrowing a couple of, maybe close to a quarter million dollars to build that building, the deacons and Everybody was sitting around the table, and the bankers were there, and the lawyers were there. And our attorney was a Methodist fellow. He asked me, he said, Preacher, when we get to heaven, if we find out Baptists start running things, will you kick me out? I said, Dear, if we get to heaven, I find out Baptists is running, we'll both leave. Jesus did not die just for Baptists. He did not come to that lonely little manger in Bethlehem just for we who dress in suits and know how to comb our hair and shine our shoes and keep our testimony right. Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I was chief. I think with all of my heart, if the question was asked, What's the Bible all about? What's Christmas all about? It's about Jesus, the Son of God, becoming a little baby. Yonder in heaven, our Lord got on the golden staircases of eternity and walked down through the eons of time and got off in Bethlehem's manger in the form of a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. No Christmas trees were lit. Only the heavens shined as the fragrance of the sun. No Baptist sung, but heaven's choir began to sing, Glory to God in the highest. Peace, goodwill toward me. The shepherds gathered about the little, little manger yonder. Have you ever thought nobody else came? You get a picture of some wise men from the east coming. 
That's two years after his birth, after he had already been to the temple, after he had already sat on his daddy's knee. Two years later, the wise men came. Someone said, what if they'd been wise women? Well, they'd have brought diapers, <laughs> cooked a ham before they got there, and set everything in order if it'd been wise women. But if you noticed, all the nativity scenes always has the wise men. They wasn't even there. They have animals all about in the nativity scene. Bible don't speak about animals. Christmas is not about animals. It's about Jesus, the baby, lying in a manger. Have you ever thought that the Christmas event is very uneventful? What kind of pageantry could God, with all the innumerable angels in glory, what kind of pageantry? ticker tape parade could have been arranged when the Savior arrived in Bethlehem's manger. A Christ could have ride, ridden into town on a rainbow. Think of that if you would please. The winds driving his chariot and the Milky Way serving as his heavenly highway. But he didn't come that way. He came lowly. Silently, humbly. If anybody in the world could have come advanced in this world with great pageantry, accompanied with thousands, thousands of angels trumpeting his arrival, he could have come in bright, shining lights that would have knocked your eyes out. But he did not come that way. He come very unobserved, silently, if you please, humbly, as if to say, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I can give you rest. No wonder the songwriter wrote, Out of the ivory palaces into a world of woe. Only his great eternal love made my Savior go. You know, I'd like to talk to you simply today and just, you know, today most preachers preach homiletically. You know, all your H's and R's and P's and all of that, you know, and everything got to rhyme or something. I'm not going to talk to you homiletically today. I'm just going to talk to you from my heart. First thing I'm going to talk to you today about, listen to this. Christ would not have come if God had not seen a need. Ain't that deep? You know why Christ came? Because you needed him to come. Christmas is just not about a bunch of Christmas trees. Christmas is about you missing hell. Christmas is about me missing hell. Christmas is about me having a debt that I cannot pay and about a God who paid the debt he did not owe. Now, I don't think any of us misunderstand. Christmas would have never happened 
if you hadn't needed God's gift. Hmm? Now let me give you my next point in case I don't get through because folks are already showing their watch. And if the Cowboys are playing, I'm going to tell you, they're not going to win. <laughs> they may make you think they are to the last quarter. But they got some act about shoving that thing up. My second point today will be, are you ready? God would never supply a gift that you had to earn. Now, don't, don't, don't miss this. God didn't do a halfway job at Christmas. God didn't send the best he had and pay the price that he paid if you had to do anything else. Now, that's not homiletical. That's just truth. Lastly, I'll talk to you about Christmas and God's gift is provision. Let me help you a little bit. Look at verse 10. What a tremendous message we have. Look at verse 10. What a tremendous message we have. Everybody's worrying about carrying a gun. What really worries me is when everybody starts carrying guns. You say, do you tote? Uh, let's go on the next verse. I would not be afraid of a terrorist walking in our church. I would be afraid when he did walk in and everybody in here started shooting. You say, do you think anybody here is carrying? Huh. Are you kidding a guy started sneezing and grabbed his back pocket and I hit the floor. <laughs> Look at verse 10. In the light of what's going on today, the angel said unto them, Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Does he mean that? We are steeped with fear today. Some folks afraid of war, others of failure, others of terrorist, others of their wife. That's the smart crowd. Some of their children. But we are absolutely steeped in fear. The message that we have, the message that we have that rings clear is fear not. God is in control. Does anybody believe that today? I, I said, does anybody believe that God's still running this ship? Everybody still believe that God's at the helm of this thing? I just believe he is. And so a message today I have for you, and the Christmas message that has rung out through all the years is fear not. Fear not. Notice he said, fear not in verse 10, for I bring you good tidings. Now, I watch Fox News every once in a while. And then I get so mad, I just pull my two revolvers and shoot the TV screen out. Because I am so mad. Come on now, some of you folks are halos crooked. You need to shine it just a dab. But you can't watch Fox News and not get so mad you want to kill at least your pet flea. 
I watch Fox News, I want to buy a gun. Because I just know somebody's outside my house fixing to shoot out my Christmas lights. Either that or they're not going to let me worship like I need to worship. And they're going to take my Bible away. And they're going to vote something else in. And they're going to vote somebody. They're going to let somebody else in. And they're going to kick somebody else out. If I'm not careful, I will let this world and the media so fill me with fear. I cannot have any peace, joy. I wouldn't know how to shout why they're Baptist church. If you start to shout, somebody shoots you. Because we're so steeped in fear. I got great news for you today. Fear not, the Bible said. Fear not, for I have good tidings of great joy. Good tidings, good news, the gospel. For the gospel is the power of God unto the Jew first, and it's the power of God to save our wretched, sorry soul. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about fear not. I have great tidings. Of wonderful joy. Are you glad of that? What What's your Christmas all about? Uh, it is it about good tidings of great joy? Notice it said unto all people, not just Baptist folk, not just white folk, but all folk. Aren't you glad of that? Do you know that God wants Muslims to get saved? Keep blowing things up. I want Muslims to get saved. If a Muslim moves down my street, I hope he gets saved. And I'll try my best to get him saved because the Bible said that God loves everyone. Regardless of their ideologies and regardless of their religion uh, uh, quirks, God loves everyone. Christmas is about fear not. I've got great news. Jesus saves. Laying in that little manger is the salvation of the world. Thank God it's not in Obama. Thank God it's not in Trump. It's in Jesus. Amen. And you vote by accepting in your heart and life. Notice what a great message we have. Notice verse 14. The whole purpose for Christmas. What's verse 14? The Bible said, glory to God in the highest and peace and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Man, I'm glad. Glory to God. Glory to God. How did God get glory? The word became flesh. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. God got glory when God became a man that man might be made like God. The incarnation, that's a wonderful, wonderful truth. How that God became a man that man might become like God. Isn't that something? I said, isn't that great? Glory to God in the highest. Where in the highest? (laughs) Just look up Tonight, and look at the glory of God. Hmm? If you can see through the smog, just look at the glory of God. Look how God strode them out across the universe. Just look at them. Innumerable. Can't number, but God knows every one of them by name. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. In the highest. And then on earth, Christmas is all about bringing peace to earth. He's the Prince of Peace. Let me give you this. The Bible speaks about gifts. For the gift of God, somebody finish it for me. For the gift of God is what? For the gift of God is what? For God so loved the world, is that right? That he gave, what, his only begotten son, that who should not perish but have what? I didn't hear you. Have what? Have what? Have you got that? Do you know for sure? Do you know absolutely positive today that if you died right this very moment, heaven would be your home? That's the Christmas gift of God. Paul, after surmising all and going through all the books, and he wrote all, wrote all the books and, and became the theologian that he was after he'd sat at the feet of Gamel and sat there, he come to this conclusion. But thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. A little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes yonder is God's gift to you and I. Have you received it? Do you know God must have thought that you needed it or he wouldn't have sent it? You say, preacher, I am not a sinner. No, but you're a heck of a liar. You say, how do you know that? I've been talking to your wife. She was in the office just the other day telling me what a rotten, no good dude you are. You say, my wife wouldn't do that. Oh, she's not a sinner. Oh, she was lying. <laughs> well, that makes her a sinner, and you're a sinner, and we're all sinners. Can anybody say amen? And God looked down, yes, he did, and God looked down several years ago, and he looked at this earth, and the first thing he saw was Adam and Eve hiding behind some bushes one day, wondering what in the world, what has happened to us? Look at us. Now we know good from evil. Now we need to put on some clothes. Now we're naked. What happened? God saw. Adam and Eve fail terribly. The first son was a murderer. And every son since that has been a liar. You say, not really. Yeah, the Bible said all men are liars. Not women. All men are liars. And women taught them how to lie. That's what the Bible says. You said where? I will find it later. The Bible said there's none righteous, no, no. Did you know, did you know, did you know that seated right where you are now, you're not righteous? Oh, well, I'm more righteous than you are. Well, you still got some room. There is not one in this place that is righteous, right with God. So God saw the necessity of you becoming righteous and sent his son that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that neat? God must have seen 
God must have realized that if you wanted to go to heaven, then he had to send his son for you. You say, well, I'm not so bad. The problem is not that you're so bad. The problem is you're not very good. And there's a lot of difference. You say, now, how do you know I'm not good? Because I've been talking to your husband. And he said you was not so good. And then when they got through, your kids came through my office needing some counsel. And they said, neither one of you are any good. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So God, beyond eternity, saw down through the ages of time, you and I, lost, hopeless, helpless, and sent a payment for our sin. And they called it Christmas. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about God seeing our need and taking care of that need. Good tidings, great joy, glory to God in the highest. Well, and then there's that crowd that always said, well, I know it's a gift if we live good. And we all should live good. Well, it's a gift if you get baptized. And we all ought to be baptized. But muddy water on the empty head does not wash any sins away. You need to get out of the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And quit thinking that when you get saved, you're going to hear the choir saying, Let's go down to the river. <laughs> Come on. Say amen. Let's take Hollywood out of it and put God in it. God would not give me a gift that I had to earn that I had to work for, that I had to labor for, that I had to uh, appreciate. No, sir, God sent his son before I even was here. And he sent him for all of us. Christmas is about God sending his son. Watch this, watch this. If we walk in the light as he is the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And watch this. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Amen. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the water in the tub. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me hold again? Nothing. But the blood of Jesus, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. You want to hire me? 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about full pardon, full cleansing, precious. Was that little babe in the manger yonder? Precious he was, a precious gift, a personal gift, a provisional gift. <laughs> Amen. A profitable gift, a permanent gift. You got any more peas? Where's Andrew? He's a, he's a homiletical guy. Point number one, Christ wouldn't have come if you hadn't a need. You need to get the need fixed up. Did you know today you can have every sin in your life forgiven? And you can leave this place as pure as white as snow in the eyes of Almighty God. All your sins will be thrown behind His back, forgiven cast into the deepest part of the sea, never to be raised again. That's what Christmas is all about. And God would never send a gift. Give me a gift. I, I, can you imagine me, Christmas morning, someone asked me the other day, said, didn't your wife want one of them new four-wheel drive Jeeps for Christmas? I said, yes, but instead, I bought her this diamond. They said, well, why didn't you get her a Jeep? I said, where are you going to find a phony Jeep? <laughs> That's why you didn't get a Jeep, wife. Because I couldn't find a knockoff Jeep, right? Are we having fun? Oh, precious is the flow. Point number three, and I'm done. God wouldn't have sent the most beautiful gift that heaven had to offer, but it's provisional. You've got to accept it. Hmm? Many of you folks have been in Baptist churches all your life and left the Christmas gift unwrapped. Still lying under, under the Christmas tree of glory. And your heart is just as empty today as it was the first Christmas morning that ever passed through your life. The Bible said, to as many as receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Amen. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by his mercy he has saved us. Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, Marvel not, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. John 3 says, At night a fellow came by Jesus, came to Jesus. And said to Jesus, Rabbi, I know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. 
Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, Nicodemus, marvel not I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Now that good old Nick, Nick didn't understand it. He's a theologian. <laughs> He's a Pharisee. He knows some Sadducees. And he didn't understand when Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, well, how can I, who am old, enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, Nick, you still ain't got it. He said, except a man be born of the spirit and of the flesh, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Is there anybody here who knows when their birthday is? Joe, when's your birthday? That's too quick, Joe. You didn't think about that. Brother Harper, when's your birthday? Let's forget that. Do you have a birthday? When is it? 1910? Judas here. I would say probably just about everybody here today could quote me their birthday about that fast. Well, now that's the first birth that Jesus was talking about when he said that which is flesh is flesh. How many men have ever been surprised late at night and suddenly your bed was sopping wet because the water bag had broken? That'll wake you. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you've never been surrounded in a bag of water and traveled in that paradise for nine months, you think about it. The closest thing to paradise in this world is the mother's womb. Surrounded with a bag of water that air conditions same temperature 24 hours a day. Hit a bump, shock absorber system. Water bed, splash, splash, splash. Unconditional food supply, nine months. No wonder the baby starts crying when he enters this world into a lighted delivery room with some six-foot giant to hold his heels, slapping him on the hiney. Welcome to the world! <laughs> and if that happened, happened to you, you ain't here yet. And if you haven't been born that time, you certainly don't need to be born the other time because you ain't here yet. But Nick said, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. That which is flesh is flesh. And that which is spirit is spirit. Can anybody say amen? Nick still doesn't understand. I don't understand this. Here I'm an old man. You want me to enter the womb, be born again. No, Nick, no, Nick, no, Nick, no. You've got to be born of the Spirit if you want to see heaven. 
Nick didn't understand that. Watch this now. And the Bible said, and the wind listeth where it will. You cannot not tell from whence it cometh or whether it goeth. But so is every man that is born of the Spirit of God. Now, this is a scientific illustration. So please wake up just a minute. If you don't get anything else, get this. You can't see where the wind came from. You can't see where the wind's going. But you can see what happened because it came by. Forty-nine years ago, in my living room, a lost, hell-bound, honorary, no-good sucker like myself slid off my couch and bent my knee in front of my family and a preacher and a missionary. And I asked Jesus to simply forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and save my soul. That night, I did not see from whence the Spirit came. I did not see where the Spirit went. But for 49 years, everybody that's known me has seen what happened because he came by. I was born again, not of the will of man, nor of the will of the blood, but I was born of God. And that's what Christmas is all about. God saw an ignorant Tennessee redneck steeped in sin and in the world without any hope, without any help. And God designed a Christmas specially for me and sent to this world a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Don't leave God's Christmas gift unwrapped. Receive him. Enjoy him. Serve him. Honor him. And give God the glory with your life. And have a merry.